Hey, this is Rob. This is Eric. And you're listening to the Start Good Things podcast. This is season two. And you might be wondering, who are you? Well, that's a great question. With a simple answer. Yeah. In fact, we're believers. Yeah. Like in Jesus, uh, we believe he's, he's everything and he's worth following with everything. And we believe in other things too. We believe in a better future. And we believe in and we're for humanity. And though we're ordinary, we believe obviously that there are things that are far more extraordinary. In fact, we believe that ordinary people working together can accomplish extraordinary things. So we started this podcast to both inspire and hopefully equip you to start good things of your own. Uh, Let's get on with today's episode. Today we're looking at some of my favorite material we use in our community to help people start good things. Now these next four episodes deal with something we call advance, where you will be encouraged to make a choice, take a chance, and create a change. The Enneagram is rooted in the seven deadly sins, and they've added fear and deceit. But from my understanding is the early followers of Jesus uh, tried to figure out how is it that the enemy attacks, and if we can figure out our areas of weakness, we can protect ourselves against that. And so in many ways, the Enneagram rooted in these seven deadly sins plus fear and deceit. Now, over the centuries... All sorts of people have co-opted it and added to it and rearranged it. And so some people have a real, like, it's so mystical and so mysterious and comes from so many different places that they get scared of it. But just like anything else, I feel like all truth is God's truth. And so we shouldn't be afraid if somebody else shares an interest. You know, if you go online and you read words that kind of throw you off, just take the, the best parts and apply it. Because what I found the Enneagram to be helpful in is helping me see my areas of weakness. So I kind of lovingly refer to it as the weakness finder as opposed to Gallup strengths finder. But this idea is a lot of times our personality, like the Myers-Briggs, which is all about your preferences, um, it certainly shows you what you're good at. It also shows you what you're not so good at. But what the Enneagram does differently is it shows you on a continuum because we are not the same people stressed out as we are when we're on vacation. And so uh, the Enneagram is based on these nine different deadly sins, seven deadly sins plus fear and deceit, and the vices also have virtues. And you have an area of growth, like when you've actually moved to a place of um, enlightenment, or you're in a good place, or you're on vacation, (laughs) but you also can be a version of yourself which is stressed out. And so what I thought we'd do is walk through the Enneagram. Now, the Enneagram, unlike some of these other assessments, StrengthsFinder with Gallup, incredibly accurate. It's the probably most accurate of all the assessments because you don't know what it's even asking you. They're not comparing things that normally would be compared. Uh, The Myers-Briggs, it's so common to our vernacular. It's easy to give yourself the results that you want. You want to be an introvert, you can answer to be an introvert. You want to be an extrovert, you know it enough. Strengths Finder is new enough language, it's hard to, it's hard to uh, uh, fake it. Um, but the Enneagram is different. There are certainly some assessments. There's a paragraph assessment, there's the EnneagramInstitute.com, uh, there are others that you can take that can help you. But oftentimes I like to point people towards taking these assessments and then thinking of which of the two or three top results are you and then really doing a deeper dive. Because ultimately, the idea of the Enneagram is this is 
the mask you wear to protect yourself. It's the mask you put on when you were a child in order to survive, right? So what we're doing is we're not wanting to uh, brand someone as a seven and you are forever a seven. It's more you coming to realize, you know what, I have been operating as a seven, uh, as an enthusiast. That's the mask that I wear because of these childhood memories or pains or experiences and I'm really good at this or I'm really good at that. Now the Strengths Finder and Myers-Briggs, I was you know, trained in both of these and they would tell you you were born with a particular personality with particular strengths and you grow up to discover who you really are. Because oftentimes when it comes to figuring out our preferences like with the Myers-Briggs, sometimes we're motivated by what our parents prefer or later what our bosses prefer, what our friends prefer, what our spouse prefers. So it's very hard to distinguish who we are. The Enneagram has a little bit more rooted in your experiences. Um, but I would still lean towards seeing it as uh, if you are a four, for example, and you're also an INFP, there might be a connection between the wounds you experienced as a child because you're more in tune with those sorts of things happening. Let me, let me explain. Here's a great quote, by the way. The importance of, of self-awareness. Sooner or later, this is Thomas Merton, we must distinguish between what we are not and what we are. We must find our real self created to be the child of God. So if you use the Enneagram, certainly to understand why you are motivated to do this or motivated to do that, it can be helpful. But if you ultimately look at it as a way to grow spiritually, a way to know how to, what to hand over to God, how to remove the false self, um, as the scriptures say, to stop living in the flesh and instead be, walk in step with the spirit, uh, I think it can be really powerful. So I want to walk you through all nine. And if you already know your results, you know, certainly kind of listen uh, uh, intently and we'll do some Q&A after. But also if you have uh, people you team with, if you have people that uh, you're married to, you know, people, uh, if you have a person you're married to, uh, just think in terms of your relationships. If you know their Enneagram, also listen intently for that. Uh, so the first, type one, the vice that this person tends to struggle with is anger, right? Their virtue is perfection. Uh, any of you have uh, type one is perhaps your results, maybe one of your options? One of them. Okay. Uh, the idea here is your unconscious childhood message was you heard it's not okay to make mistakes. And you can see by, if you're hearing that message, whether or not your parents said it, uh, you can see why, why you would be driven towards perfection, right? What you always wanted to hear, the message you wanted to hear is you are good. Now the basic fear and distortions of type one uh, would have is they fear being bad, they fear being corrupt or evil or defective, and the pattern to be aware of, they have this desire to have integrity, but it can deteriorate into a critical perfection. And they can be condemning or judgmental of others and of themselves. All right, that's type one. All what right. is the virtue for one? Virtue is perfection uh, and integrity. All right. Type two, the giver, the helper. Uh, the vice could be pride, 
The virtue is help or humility. Uh, the unconscious childhood message is it's not okay to have your own needs. As a child, you were told you got to meet those needs. Now, again, as you're listening, if you're, there's two or three, you're kind of wrestling with these childhood messages, these patterns to consider could be helpful in figuring out if this is you or not. Uh, the message you wanted to hear is you are wanted. Basic fear of a type two and distortion, the fear of being unworthy or unloved, the desire to be loved is what could deteriorate into a need to be needed. And a pattern to be aware of is giving your value away to others. Your value is rooted more in what others think of you. So a two is incredibly giving, unbelievably helpful. And when they're stressed out, all of a sudden there are strings attached to how they've been serving. They didn't serve with that in mind, but, but they start to move into this, but I've done all this for you, right? That's a too stressed, all right? Three, that could be, that could be three. Uh, also known as the achiever or the performer, the vice is deceit. The virtue is efficiency. The unconscious childhood message threes heard was it's not okay to have your own feelings. And the message we wanted to hear is you are loved for yourself. Threes fear being worthless or without inherent value. And here's, what, here's the catch. The desire to be valuable can deteriorate into chasing after success. And threes tend to be uh, to try to be other than they authentically are. That's why that word performer, I think, is actually a good description. Threes are living role models. And so they try to do better than everybody else where they are in order to be seen as valuable. And they can move towards workaholism and pleasing people, right? Any of you think that might be you? Is that one of your options? Yep. All right, the four, the romantic or the individualist. Uh, the vice is envy. The virtue is creativity. Their unconscious childhood message is it's not okay to be too functional. It's not okay to be too happy. If you think about it, the message they heard is you get attention when something's wrong with you, right? What they wanted to hear is you are seen for who you are. So they fear being without identity or personal significance, but the desire to be oneself can deteriorate into self-indulgence. And as a result, they might make negative comparisons. Any possible fours? All right. Five. Anyone here think you might be a five? The observer. Vice is avarice. Virtue is knowledge. Vice? Avarice. It's sort of like a, a greed. Um, wanting more than maybe you should. What was the virtue? Uh, knowledge. So yeah, avarice is this extreme, extreme greed for wealth or material or gain. Uh, but then the virtue is knowledge. 
the unconscious childhood message is it's not okay to be comfortable in the world. But what you wanted to hear is your needs are not a problem. Uh, the fear of being useless or incapable or incompetent can drive them, and, but the desire to be competent can deteriorate into useless specialization. And sometimes they might overinterpret their experience. All right, anyone potentially a six, the loyalist? By the way, there's a great, on the Enneagram Institute website, there's a great couple of, um, couple of resources. One is called misidentifications. And a lot of times twos might be misidentified as sixes and you can read that and see, oh, okay, according to this, I'm a six. I thought I was a two or wasn't sure. Another uh, way to help you figure out which one you are is if you're married to someone who's clearly a particular type you can read what is a relationship like between a four who's married to a two or a five married to a two. If you know your spouse is a two and you're either a four or five, that relationship compatibility description is super helpful. All right, so the six, their vice is fear, but their virtue is courage. Uh, they heard the message, it's not okay to trust yourself. What they wanted to hear is you are safe. They fear being without support or guidance, and sometimes this desire to be secure can spiral into an attachment to beliefs. They become dependent on something outside of themselves for support. All right, any potential sevens? All right, uh, the epicure, known as the epicure, the enthusiast, their vice is gluttony, but their virtue is joy. Uh, what they heard is it's not okay to depend on anyone for anything. Kind of almost a, you can't trust anybody. You got to do it yourself. What you wanted to hear is you will be taken care of. If you think about it, it kind of makes sense. That struggle with gluttony is probably rooted in a fear that you won't be taken care of. Right? Um, basic fear, uh, fear of being deprived or trapped. The desire to be happy can spiral into a frenetic escapism. And sometimes the pattern to be aware of is anticipating what you're going to do next. You end up not enjoying the moment because you're looking towards, towards what's next. And, and you could, you know, bounce from one option to the next if you're not careful. All right, any potential type eights? All oh, right. All right, this is known as the challenger or the boss. The vice is lust. The virtue is strength. Uh, what you heard as a child unconsciously, perhaps, is it's not okay to be vulnerable. It's not okay to trust anyone. What you wanted to hear is you will not be betrayed. There's a fear of being harmed or controlled by others. The desire to protect oneself can deteriorate into constant fighting. And a pattern to be aware of is trying to force or control your life. Right? All right, the final one, any potential nines here? All right. Uh, sloth is the vice. It's also an animal, but in this case, it's the vice. <laughs> uh, virtue is peace. Um, what you heard is it's not okay to assert yourself. What you wanted to hear is your presence matters. <coughs> Bless you. There's a fear of loss, of connection, or fragmentation. And the desire to be at peace can spiral into stubborn neglectfulness. 
and resisting being affected by your experiences is the pattern to be aware of. All right, and so you can see that each of these has, you know, positives, but also each has a negative. Let me see if you have any questions. Let's talk about this for a little bit. What was the, the name of number nine? The Peacemaker okay. or Mediator is what it's known as. Yeah. What was the uh, one and two? I'm missing names. One is the Perfectionist or the um, Reformer. Two is the Giver or the Helper. And at my website, I'll show you guys, ericbryant.org, if you just look up Enneagram. My favorite of all of these, um, Enneagram is simply a nine-pointed rhombus. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Uh, but what the arrows show you is a one that's stressed out actually starts acting like a bad version of a four. And a one that's relaxed and in a good place is actually a lot of fun, right? So this, uh, this can be another part of helping you figure out. Sometimes the, the options are your, your top three might be literally you stressed versus you in a good place. And then the wings, um, this is kind of next level. Don't let this throw you off. But sometimes I'm either a two wing three or a three wing two. That wing, you have enough connection to the giver that a three-wing two, if you Google it, there's all sorts of resources that it can explain, is a little bit different than a three, and which is a little bit different than a three-wing four. So there's, there's almost like, there's nine types, but there's really, if you add all the wings, you know, two, two more, three, three, basically 27 options, yeah. So you can be a three straight and up not, and not yeah. be a three-wing yeah. I yeah. know the wing. Is it like just whatever king second? Yeah, well, not always. The wing is always on either side. And so you can't be a three wing eight, you know, so you're either a three wing two or a three wing four. And there's a description like the three wing two is the charmer. The three wing four is the professional. And the three is the performer. So I'm a three wing two. If you guys know Shala, she's a three wing four. Now I'm definitely a three, um, the performer. What I started to realize is uh, as I shared with you guys before, when I was an executive pastor, a navigator at Mosaic, I performed the role of bad cop for about three years. I didn't do it as a very good bad cop because I have positivity and woo. And Erwin would hire people and I would fire them. And it was always my goal that they would thank me for doing so, <laughs> right? And so I could perform the role for a while, but ultimately, that's not, that, that, I can do almost everything well, but because I'm just jumping in where I need to perform means I'm not actually doing what I'm excellent at if I'm not careful. I end up doing what everybody needs me to do. Yeah. So for me, I'm a three. As I dove a little deeper, I found, you know what, three wing two describes me even better because I do have helper tendencies. Well, you've been listening to season two of the Start Good Things podcast, where both Eric and I are excited to share with you some of the resources and people we've come across on our journeys over the past 20 years. Thanks for listening, and until next time, go start something good.